It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward. Thanks for being here today as the show is available for you every day on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the third-party apps, Monday through Friday talking about what's going on with Tennessee. On today's show, Tennessee moves ahead to Charlotte coming up on Saturday as the Vols get ready for the final month of the season. Only four more games to go. Hard to believe we are at this point in the season. Coming out of the South Carolina game, There, once again, was at least the question out there from some Tennessee fans, could Tennessee look at a quarterback change? This is a week where Tennessee should probably play both quarterbacks. Tennessee should be able to win by a wide margin and should have a chance to put Keller Christ in the game. After thinking he might play this past Saturday, Jeremy Pruitt said before the game that Christ would probably play. That ended up not being the case. Here in the first segment of the show, you will hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about how Jarrett Garantano played against South Carolina, how they might manage the quarterback situation, also how they just try to manage it in general, playing time for all players. That's coming up here in the first segment of the show. In the second segment, David Ubbin of The Athletic will stop by. Some of his thoughts from this past weekend, Tennessee heading into the final month here, and David having a chance to hear from Tennessee's head coach and a few players on Monday. And then in the third segment of today's show, Putting some final touches on takeaways from the game on Saturday, Jeremy Pruitt weighs in on that fumble, non-fumble in the South Carolina game. As the Vols, again, look forward to the final month of the season, a stretch where Tennessee needs to win three of its final four games, starting with Charlotte, then with Kentucky and Missouri at home, and the final game of the regular season at Vanderbilt. Right here on Locked on Vols, your team every day. So the question about Tennessee and its quarterback position. I said on Monday's show, if Garantano is healthy, I think he should be the guy. If there are questions about the way Garantano is playing because of where he is physically, or if he really does struggle, then I would look at making a change. But I didn't think Garantano struggled on Saturday. I thought he did what was asked of him within the offense, and he helped lead Tennessee on long scoring drives in the first half. At that point, when are you making a change? You wouldn't, right? Your offense is being successful and you're getting into the end zone. That also does not mean that Jared Garantano is perfect, that he is playing flawless football. He, at times, might hold on to the football too long. He might not see everything pre-snap. I think that's been an issue at times this season, according to Jeremy Pruitt, actually. It has been. And on Saturday, there were some accuracy issues at times where Jarrett sailed some balls high. But why don't you hear from Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt? He was asked on Monday about how Garantano performed on the road against South Carolina on Saturday night. Here's what Tennessee's head coach said. You know, Jarrett, um, I've said all along, Jarrett's a tough guy. Uh, You know, he made some really good throws in the game, made some really good decisions, and I think we played 73 offensive snaps and probably 65 of those. He played extremely well. Uh, There's probably three throws that he would have liked to have had back, Uh, and there's probably – you know, five decisions, whether it was a check or with protection or maybe starting on the wrong side of the field um, that he was wrong on, um, you know. But he, I, thought he, I thought he showed a lot of courage, played really hard, um, 
was a really good leader for our team. Um, you know, we just need to fix those other plays, um, and he can do that. You know, we ask him to do a lot of things, so um, which I think is it helps our offense. He gets us in the right plays in a run game. Uh, you know, we can make checks from run to pass. He can change protections. You know, but there, there's a lot of demand on him, um, and and he can handle it. Uh, there's just a few things that 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 we got to fix from this past week, which I think everybody would expect to be the case. So nobody is saying that Jarrett was perfect on Saturday. Obviously, he was not. Obviously, he needs to improve. I would also expect him to improve if Garantano has made clear progress from where he was a year ago as a redshirt freshman to where he is now as a redshirt sophomore. And that should be pointed out. He's a redshirt sophomore. He has a lot of room to grow, and I think that he will. I think this time next year, Garantano will be an even better quarterback, perhaps a much better quarterback. And if that's the case, then he should be one of the best in the SEC, maybe one of the best in the country. Now, there's also the question about what about now? Okay, Garantano might be better a year from now. He might have a lot of room to grow. But what if Keller Christ is the better option right now? Because what Tennessee does against Kentucky and Missouri and Vanderbilt doesn't necessarily have anything to do with next year. It does in terms of repetition and more experience that can be gained. But if Keller's your better option right now, play the guy that's your best option to try to win games, right? I'm still not sure that Keller Christ is the best option. I think that Garantano is. Uh, I think if he's healthy and his health has been in question, I think that's a reason that last week there was at least some talk of okay, maybe Keller Chris does get out there. I think that's a reason that before the game, Jeremy Pruitt was talking about playing Keller Chris because Garantano was not at 100% last week as he was going through practice. The reason that his toughness keeps being brought up by Jeremy Pruitt there, by his teammates, and that we're talking about it each week, is the amount of hits he's taken, which also means Chris needs to stay ready because at any point in time, we saw it in the Alabama game, Garantano could take a hit that knocks him out. Jeremy Pruitt on Monday did explain the discussion that was there about possibly playing Keller Christ, and he talked about needing to rep both guys last week in practice because there were questions about the availability of Jared Garantano. Here's what Jeremy Pruitt said about having Keller Christ ready to go if needed. We rep both guys, and um, they, they actually took the same amount of reps this week, just trying, and it was going to be kind of a game time decision, and um, you know, looking at it, one thing that I don't like to do uh, is I never want to – I don't want to tell a kid something that you can't follow through with, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, the games that we've decided that we're going to play Keller, I've told him, hey, you're going to play this game. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what series it's going to be because I don't want to say, hey, you're going to go in the fourth series and we're getting the ball on the minus one yard line and we've changed quarterbacks. Uh so we've tried to be consistent with our message. I think our players respect that. Uh, and, you know, so I didn't, I didn't go into the game and say, hey, Keller, you're going to play. Uh, and another part of that is, is, you know, you don't want the other guy looking over his shoulder. You know, you want him to be able to play and play with confidence. And, um, you know, and that's the one thing to me about Keller Chris that I, I respect so much is he's come in here and been a phenomenal teammate. Uh, our players really kind of rally around him. Um, you know, I've said before, I've seen as the years went, him and Jarrett have really worked well together. Um, you know, and, and, and he can do anything in our game plan. And um, so, but 
really to answer your question, you know, we, we were going to go with Jarrett. If we needed to make a move, we would make a move. Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt. So I don't think there's any kind of quarterback controversy at Tennessee right now. Jared Garantano is Tennessee starter. Christ will be ready if needed. Christ will likely play. He should be expected to play against Charlotte this Saturday. And if something happens to Garantano, a senior, a guy that players trust, maybe coaches trust more now than they did a few months ago in Keller Christ, he could go in there and still help Tennessee win games. I also don't fault anyone for having the opinion of, why don't we give Keller Christ a shot? Or why don't we look at both guys within a game? I don't fault anybody for having that opinion. I almost expect that opinion to be there for some fans when the team is struggling to win games. But I think Garantano is the guy for Tennessee. I think he is giving something to build on for the rest of this season and for the next couple of years. I think that's the best case scenario for Tennessee football as well. You're listening to Locked on Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast. Coming up in just a moment, David Ubbin of The Athletic will stop by. His thoughts on Tennessee, some things to work on, the play of Jared Garantano coming up with four games to go for Tennessee. Here on Locked on Vols, your team every day. And if often you are looking at your TV channel lineup, if you are looking forward to watching college football this weekend or upcoming NFL game, whatever sports you might be watching, but you're also scrolling through the channels thinking, why am I paying for all these channels? Why do I have 20 channels that I never watch and never will? Well, then you might want to check out Sling TV, the best way to watch college football. They'll help you watch ESPN, the SEC, and the Pac-12 for only $30 a month. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love only better because you don't deal with long-term contracts. You don't deal with useless channels. There are no hidden fees with Sling TV, and you can cancel anytime. Sign up for Sling TV and take advantage of a seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. If you are tired of paying for a bunch of channels that you never watch, give Sling TV a look. It's a free trial at sling.com slash locked on. I want to welcome to the show now David Ubbin from theathletic.com. Follow him on Twitter at David Ubbin, keeping up with what's going on with Tennessee every day. And David, appreciate the time. There's a lot to talk about with Tennessee working to get ready for Charlotte and this final four-game stretch. But you were there with Jeremy Pruitt and a few players meeting with the media. Overall, could you get a general sense of the vibe, how they've done turning the page from the South Carolina loss to get ready for this four-game stretch coming up? I mean, they're definitely disappointed. Um, I, you know, I, I think if you would have told them they would have lost by three uh, at South Carolina, I think they could have lived with that. But, you know, the way it played out where, where Tennessee was probably the better team, um, certainly for the first three quarters, but even cumulatively, it was it was probably pretty close. But I think Tennessee was, uh, you know, their best offensive performance of the year, but they got beat by some tempo. And so, you know, I... I think uh, a little bit of frustration, um, but certainly still a lot out in front of this team still. Yeah, Tennessee needs to win three of the final four. It's Charlotte week, so it's a a week to work on some things this week, as you might say, just like uh, we talked about ETSU week and UTEP week, at least similar. So uh, before the final three SEC games, one thing for Tennessee to work on this week will be a full week of practice without Trey Smith. We know he's not coming back this week. In the middle of the week, they found that out last week. Marcus Tatum was there at left tackle. Uh, did, did it appear, David, that some of the offensive approach was designed around the offensive line? And how much is that something that Tennessee on that side of the ball does moving forward is kind of 
plans it has its game plans, makes its calls based on some of the limitations of the offensive line. You know, I didn't see a ton of them sort of adjusting. I mean, it was interesting. I, that was probably the best they've run the ball all season. Um, you know, you, you look at what they were able to do, kind of uh, for them to ha- be as offensively productive as they were without any huge plays. Uh, you know, I think they had three plays longer than 15 yards. I could be wrong about that. But, you know, they weren't really breaking big stuff, but they're moving it pretty consistently. And then just when they really needed some some points, they, they weren't able to get them late. Um, it, that was interesting, but I think ultimately, yeah, I mean, the pass rush has still been an issue. Uh, it's hard for them to call like slow developing place so that limits the playbook a little bit. And Garantano continually still taking hits, uh, even though he only gave up two sacks, you know, he was still took as many hits as he's probably taken in any game this year. And then of course, you know, the crucial sack uh, at the end where, where literally the game was on the line. So yeah, I mean, I think they're, it'll be easier, I guess, to adjust without Trey Smith for a week to prepare for that compared to, you know, 48 hours, but uh, still not a great situation. Do you think Garantano has improved this season from where he was in August and September to how he's playing right now? I think so. I mean, I, the biggest thing is just the accuracy. I mean, he does need to be more decisive. You know, you talk about anticipating throws, and, uh, you know, he seems like he wants to wait. Uh, for a guy to be flashing open before he wants to uncork it. And, and he doesn't have that uh, uh, luxury in this offense, behind this offensive line. You know, he's got to sort of see the holes before they're there uh, and sort of just let it fly. Uh, so that's the biggest thing, uh, you know, in terms of, of him getting the ball out of his hands to, to try and protect himself. Um, but, I mean, the accuracy is there when he's had a clean pocket. You know, it was weird. Saturday we saw him really miss throws. Like, we haven't really seen him. I mean, he had at least, I think, three balls that were nowhere near the receiver that, that he usually makes those throws. Uh, you know, are the ribs a part of that? Is the knee a part of that? Is him just taking, you know, so many hits uh, a part of that? Is it sort of getting in his head? I don't know that you would, you know, if you could sit him down and ask him, I don't even think he'd tell you that, but, but you know, that's uh, a theory that I think I'd maybe buy into a little bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's improved. I mean, they're, they're, he's doing what they're asking him to do in the offense. Uh, you know, people get frustrated. There's not more balls downfield, but, you know, again, when you can't protect it, you're going to be limited uh, in that. And and I thought maybe they should have gone with a little bit more of the, you know, throw it up and let your guys make some plays like we kind of saw in Auburn. We didn't see a lot of that. but uh, And that's a good way to, to get the ball downfield where you don't have to, to block for, you know, five, six seconds. But um, they're, they're just limited. You know, they're, they're, their margin for error is small. Uh, and then they weren't able to, to make up for that on Saturday. Yeah, and that part's true. I, I think everybody recognizes the margin for error being so slim. And don't you think that's why Jeremy Pruitt appears at least frustrated by the penalties? Because those things Tennessee can't just can't have happen if it's trying to win close football games. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still wearing on him a little bit. I mean, this is just new for him. You know, he hasn't ever been at a college job where he didn't have uh, elite players and he does not have elite players right now he has guys that are capable of winning some games but they have to play really really well to do it they played really really well for three quarters against South Carolina they didn't play well in the fourth quarter and, and it cost them the win uh, when they needed to execute when they needed to make plays they didn't make plays I mean you look at you know uh, that last drive they were really struggling they never really hit a rhythm and then you look at the the uh, the drive when when they passed up the field goal from Samaglia, the deep kick the decision whatever i think it's defensively the way Jeremy Pruitt kind of walked through it today but but you're talking about you have your most reliable receiver in Marquez Callaway wide open uh you know with probably 2 yards 3 yards ahead of him 
he's either got that first down where you know a guy can't tackle him, uh, or it's fourth and one uh, where you have a more interesting decision on whether or not to kick it or go for it. But instead, he drops it and and puts you back in you know fourth and seven or eight outside of where you feel comfortable kicking it. You don't get it, and that's that's a drop that costs you points. I mean, it's all these kind of little things. They didn't have the the crushing, you know basically defensive scores like you saw against Alabama or against Florida. There wasn't any of that, but just a lot of little things, those little penalties that cost you field goal position or, or that cost you field position. There's little, uh, you know, the drops were kind of an issue that we haven't really seen a ton this year. So those things add up, and, and Tennessee is going to be kicking themselves, especially if you get to the end of the year and, and you're sitting on five and seven. I think you're going to look back at that night and, and feel a lot of regret. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, one more thing. I, I wanted to go back to Jarrett Garantano, and this is something that you included in your piece coming out of the weekend, what we learned after Tennessee's uh, loss at South Carolina. And that was Eli Wolf talking about Jarrett Garantano pre-snap, some of the things that he has done. Do, do you think that's a reason that there continues to be that trust in him as long as he's healthy and able to go out there, is that they see that kind of progress that maybe pre-snap Garantano is making some progress? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, there's you know Pruitt has references a couple times throughout the season that that Garrett, Garantano has to change his protections if he wants to stop getting hit. And I think people put a lot of stock in well, Garantano was getting beat up against Bama. He gets knocked out of the game, and then Chris comes in. He makes some good throws, and Chris doesn't take those same hits. Um, but we we looked at the advanced numbers, and Chris this season you know has gotten hit on the pretty much the exact same percentage of his dropbacks as Garantano has. Um, that surprised me. I felt like it was a lot less, but you know, these are these are these are like quantifiable numbers. Looking at every single snap of the season, I think Garantano has been hit on about forty percent of his dropbacks, and Chris has gotten hit on about thirty-nine percent of his dropbacks. And so, you're talking about trying to mature a quarterback. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's definitely something that that he needs to get better at. But it was interesting that Eli Wolf talks about it. He specifically got them into some good situations, and so you can look at the running game succeeding. You know, that's probably a credit to Garantano checking out of some passes, seeing some stuff in the in the uh, in the defensive look that he got, and getting some productive runs that that you can see at the line. And so uh, that's an encouraging sign for the mental development of a guy that. You know, people feel like Garantano's been here for a long time because people have talked about him. But this is a guy he started. This was well, his 13th start on Saturday. That's basically one season. So you're still talking about a really young quarterback that's got a long ways to go um, before he is kind of what they hope he can be. Yeah, I do think that's right. At David Ubbin is where you can follow him on Twitter. Read his work at theathletic.com. What are you working on here over the next few days or this week, David, for Tennessee fans to check out? I will probably have something uh, I don't want to speak uh, out of turn, but probably a little something, uh, you know, kind of looking at at this offense and how they've used Ty Chandler, uh, and then obviously some some preview stuff for the for the uh, uh, Charlotte game. But uh, we're 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 working on some pretty cool stuff uh, going down the the final part of the season. So I might be spending quite a bit of time this week uh, messing around with that. So subscribe to the Athletic and check it out. Yeah, and an athletic plug here. I actually have it bookmarked. I haven't read it, but Bruce Feldman working on a game with a lot of points, Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that was uh, one of my favorite pieces that he's ever done. Uh, you know, basically the, the oral history of that really kind of incredible night ahead of this week where you have the Browns uh, and the, the Chiefs going head-to-head. And then, of course, you have Oklahoma going out to, to Lubbock. I mean, that game was pretty incredible. Oklahoma survived at 66 to 59. And, you know, people talk a lot about, uh, 
you know, the defensive issues uh, in the Big 12. But you look at that game, there was so much NFL talent on the field. Joe Mixon, uh, Samaj P. Ryan, Mayfield, uh, I believe D.D. Westbrook was out there, Mark Andrews. I mean, these are NFL starters that you're just rolling off. And then a couple guys who have left for, for LSU and, and Jonathan Giles uh, and Braden Fajoko around uh, Patrick Mahomes. So a very interesting game. Uh, one of the best in, in Big 12 history, and, and uh, Bruce looked back on it, and, and it was a pretty memorable night. Yeah, go check that out at The Athletic. David, really appreciate the time. Thank you as always, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Appreciate it. You are listening to Locked on Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here. Coming up in the final segment of today's show, a finishing touch on the fumble, non-fumble in the South Carolina game on Saturday Jeremy Pruitt talks about it and whether it was a big deal or not in Tennessee's loss against the Gamecocks. So a final touch on that takeaway from the game coming up right here on Locked on Vols. Today presented by Vivid Seats, a great option for you if you are looking for a way to find tickets to an upcoming game you want to attend or a concert, a show at a theater. Vivid Seats is there for you, the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And Vivid Seats is making things even better by giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On. that's one word, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. So the fumble by South Carolina, that's what Jeremy Pruitt says it was, and I think that it was. I also, on the TV, I couldn't see a replay that said to me, it's definitely a fumble recovered by Tennessee. That's what I think happened. I think that's most likely what occurred. But I didn't see that it happened for sure, that the ball was loose before the carrier went down all the way and that Batuli had the football. Again, I think that's what happened. But listen to what Jeremy Pruitt had to say when he was asked about it on Monday, the fumble before South Carolina's touchdown that ended up allowing the Gamecocks to tie the game. It was 24-16. Here's what Jeremy Pruitt had to say about the play. Well, it was definitely a fumble. Um, that That was... I saw that, uh, you know, unfortunately when for the officials, um, they only have certain angles that they can see. Um, and um, from their angles, they didn't see that. I mean, you can look at it on our film. It's obviously a fumble. Um, you know, it's disappointing for me because I, I felt like I could see it from the sideline. Um, but you know what? Um, they have a tough job to do, just like we have a tough job to do. And I'm, those guys are doing the best they can, and they got to take what they have to work with it. Uh, it's an unfortunate circumstance, but you know the the officials had nothing to do with us getting nine penalties. Uh, they had nothing to do with us losing the really the the battle at the line of scrimmage. Um, so um, you know that's only one small part of the game. So that's Jeremy Pruitt's answer about the fumble. And uh, I agree pretty much with everything he said there. He also later on mentioned, you know, with all the money the SEC has, you'd think that they could get some better angles or add to the angles that they have to see all the different plays because Tennessee's film showed that it was a fumble. Uh, 
Interesting point there, for sure, by Tennessee's head coach. But I didn't, in those comments right there, I didn't take Jeremy Pruitt to be critical of the officials at all. Uh, I agree that that spot specifically was a difficult one for the officials and also that the penalties and the play along the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, defensive errors, that's really what led to Tennessee losing the game on Saturday. So no doubt it's frustrating. As I mentioned on Monday, there's nothing that's going to make you feel any better as a Tennessee fan about a play where the ball probably should have been Tennessee's. But Tennessee also still had a very good chance of winning the game despite what happened there. And that's what Tennessee, I think, is working on on the practice field. Jeremy Pruitt saying, don't make any excuses. We need to work on our issues. If not for the penalties, then that wouldn't have mattered in the result for the game. And saying that it played a small part in Tennessee's loss, I think that's true. I think it played a small part in what the end result of the game was. Before I end today's show, a quick basketball note for you. And Tennessee will be playing basketball on Wednesday. I'll have a little more basketball coverage for you on Wednesday's show. The Athletic put out its 1-68 through 68 ranking in college basketball, and Tennessee is number five on the list. The top five, number one is Kansas, number two is Kentucky, number three is Duke, Gonzaga is fourth, and Tennessee is fifth. So the Associated Press and coaches polls last week had Tennessee number six. The Athletic has Tennessee number five. I think you're going to see just about every publication around the country giving Tennessee praise to begin the season. And the months of November and December will give Tennessee a chance to prove how good it is compared to some of the best teams in the country because the Vols will face several of them. Gonzaga and Kentucky we already know, and there's a good chance Tennessee is playing Kansas as well. So three of the top four teams in the athletics ranking. With basketball starting up tomorrow and then some really big games coming up soon, I think Tennessee fans are looking forward to the start of basketball season. I'm looking forward to covering it as well. So Locked On Vols will have you covered on Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball coming up as well. Five days a week on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. If you have time to rate and review the show on iTunes, please do so. It's a big help to the show, and I really appreciate everybody who has done so so far. I'm on Twitter, at Josh underscore Ward. Feel free to follow me there. Send me a question or comment anytime you might have one, and I'll try to work it into the show. Locked on Vols, your team every day, five days a week, talking about what's going on with Tennessee. Thanks for hanging out today, and I'll see you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.